with the first course of combat finished, we're ready to dig into some action with Bronson. Will justice be served? Find out this week on The Hapless Heroes. Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes podcast. I'm Francesco, and I'm your host and DM as we continue our exciting combat slash adventure. We're going to go ahead and quickly introduce our cast so we can jump right back into the swing of things. Starting on my virtual left, we have Dave as Omega Project Prototype Zero. Good evening, everyone. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Let's get to the beating. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. I am ready to stab. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. All the acoustics in here sound pretty good. And John as Lord Jarrell the Light. One doppel down, one more to go. Yeah, so a uh, quick recap. Last time we ended at the top of initiative. We are going right back in with Zero's turn. Uh, Bronson is has been uh, damaged quite a bit. He's got some heat metal going on on his staff. He's got fairy fire affecting him. So y'all are attacking with advantage, I believe. And uh, the headless, handless corpse of the doppelganger of Jarrell has now been risen and is uh, also about to do some stuff. So before any of anyone else gets to do some stuff, though, Zero, you get to do some stuff. We are going right back to your turn, bud. Fantastic. And uh, since we're on initiative, we're definitely going to be taking shots with Sharpshooter. Um, so three shots, and uh, since it's a 13 minus 5, it's still with a plus 8. Let's see, first one is going to be... And 18 against AC, or uh, no, 14, 15, 22 against AC. Uh, and you are attacking Bronson? Uh, I believe he's, uh, oh yeah, the other one's shambling around. Yeah, fuck him though. We dropped Bronson, uh, the whole thing ends. So yeah, Bronson it is. You think that at least. Okay. Um, um, so this is going to be actually, uh, I forgot, because he still has his aura of, uh, his holy aura active. He has not canceled or ended his concentration on that quite yet so you don't you either have advantage or disadvantage because fairy fire plus this you just have oh okay so if we're just at uh standard vantage then we'll re-roll that entirely and we are not going to bother with sharpshooter to start Mm -hmm. uh till i get uh get his ac sussed out a little bit more so uh first attack is a 15 against ac 15 will miss all right. Hey, you know, put two on the die. He'll do that. Second. Hey, that's more like it. That's a 28 against AC. Or 26. Okay, we'll uh, 26, rather. 26. I wasn't mad. That will still do the job. All right. And third one is a 19 on the die. So that's a crit. Yay. Well done. All right, so our first one, which is just a D10 plus six piercing, that'll give us six and six. That's 12 piercing on the first one. The second one is going to be 10 plus six. That's 16 plus six, uh, so 22 on the second. Okay, give me the total there. So a 22 and a 12 should come to a 34 uh, uh, piercing magical. Well, magical in that it's a plus X weapon. Yep, got it. Okay, perfect. Fantastic, uh, and uh, Zero is going to take that uh, take uh, take his movement to uh, withdraw about another ten feet uh, back and uh, kind of diagonal away from where uh, our extra uh, reanimated Doppel is kicking around. 
Uh, yep, I mean, it's, he's kind of in the mix right now with everybody. Um, so we're actually going to start now with Bronson's action before we go to the other doppelganger, the, the, risen, the risen doppelganger, right? Um, so he reels from the you know attacks he's sustained here um, and is very upset. Like he's you know cursing you out and he's just saying like no like you uh, hold on. we've spent so long creating this i will not see it destroyed today and you see he retreats a bit and places uh, and goes back up onto that raised platform and places his hand on the orb that was standing on that pedestal as he places his hand on it um did he just make an, an ability check? Did he just make an ability check? Yeah. Oh, from all the hits. Um, well, no, it's because that. he has heat metal on the staff, which he did not drop. And if he does not drop it, he has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the start of my next turn. Um, I think he did. He I think he made the check when you dealt the initial damage and he had passed it. So that's his. Um, so when on, so I, on, he didn't drop ahead. it. He didn't drop it. So since it's still in contact with him, then he still has disadvantage, right? Uh, and an attack rolls made with that weapon. He's not attacking with his staff, though. So it says if it doesn't drop the object, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. Well, yeah, he's placed his hand on the orb, so he can actually just drop it now. Okay. Um. So like this, you know, just burning staff is like, you know, now just like, melting on the ground there as it's being heated, superheated. Um, but as he places his hand on the orb, um, these, there's a, sort of this explosion of energy and these spirits begin to start swirling out and around from the orb and now begin to sort of envelop him. So his holy aura you see dis disappears as he does this. And um, now it's just like you, all these spirits are just sort of sort of flitting and flying all around him in about a, foot, a distance of about 15 feet that are kind of almost obscuring your um, view of him. Um, and it's just sort of swirling around there. It's kind of creating this like 50, 15 foot radius around um, his body and like kind of creating a dome of just like all these floating and flying, shrieking spirits. And then as a legendary action, he will cast an additional spell. Um, I need Jarrell to make a wisdom saving throw as you start to feel the muscles in your body begin to constrict. Uh, that's a 16. Okay, uh, fails, you fail the save. You are now under the effect of hold person, so you are paralyzed. Okay. And now we're going to move on to doppelganger drill. You're going to see that, you know, from the right hand that is missing, it's gonna, he's going to like raise up the stump. And from some corner of the room, that little like that hand that had jumped off crawls back and reattaches itself. And it begins to glow green once more. What you're going to see is, is, is it starts to swirl the hand around from the like the headless cavity in the armor. A green skull appears. Green skull? <laughs> uh, and he's going to pick up the, the sword he dropped. And look, see, Jarrell is paralyzed. We still have... Boris, Hedrick, and Quinn in the mix. So I'm gonna go eeny, meeny, miny, mo on this with a D6. Quinn, it's gonna swing at you. Cool. My face, my you beautiful face. You got lucky. It's a 16 to hit. Uh, 16. You have an AC of 16. I have an AC oh, of 16. That I have a shield. Does hit then. Um, okay, so in that case, so sorry, yep, the, the, the attack connects, you know, gets that one quick desperate swing on you. 
So that's going to be uh, 20 slashing damage. Ooh. And 10 cold damage. As you feel the bite of this unholy blade slice through your skin. I'm going to use my reaction to parry the attack. Okay. Um, so I'm going to cut down the damage by my superior superiority dice plus my dex modifier. So I cut 10. Oh, very nice. Yep. Alright, so I'm, I, I don't know if I can choose which one it blocks, but I'm just going to block the... I mean, it was all was one attack, one? so you're just going to yeah. take... It was some of the, sl- the slashing damage. Sure. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, well, that's their turn, so we're going to move on to Boris now. All right. Uh, so Boris is going to <clears throat> make a sneak attack uh, with her trusty dagger on Bronson. You are inspired, so if you have to, you can add a D10 to it. I yeah, and, and and I would say sneak attack might be a hard sell, seeing as how he's on his own right now with like a bunch of spirits and stuff flying and flitting around him. I am hiding right now behind Hedrick. That's where I left off. Um, yeah, you would still need either advantage, have a target, or, ha- or have an ally within five feet of him, or, uh, yeah. I have, adhan- I have advantage because I'm hiding, though. How could you have disadvantage? Because you are throwing through a shield wall of spirits, essentially, to try to Oh, hit. that's true. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Is the fairy fire dispelled? Shouldn't be. Um, actually, no, it would not be. So I have... You just have advantage you have just a normal ass attack well i have two advantage and one dis nope yep there's i guess no, there's 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 yeah there's no stacking or like you know one more yeah. advantage over the other it's just if there's advantage and disadvantage that exist they cancel each other out they're neutral okay yep cool so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that so right now i don't have advantage so i can't sneak attack anymore yeah, can't. You, could, you could still just regular attack or you, or you could attack the headless doppelganger i can sneak attack the headless doppelganger right no it's advantage you just straight up get it if it has an enemy of enemy within five feet you just have to not have disadvantage which you don't anymore correct so you would you would qualify for sneak attack on the on the undead doppelganger cool i'm going to attack the undead doppelganger then okay uh, with my trusty dagger And I'm fairly certain I'm using my bardic inspiration here. I'm using a lucky here. Oh. Oh, was that a one? It was not a one. It was a neighbor to one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we're going to add the bardic inspiration for sure. Okay. 24? Uh, yes, 24 will do it. <laughs> yeah. You right. didn't want to admit it. <laughs> I just had a double check. Okay, question for the sneak attack. I add 76 to the regular attack? Yeah, you add that damage on top of the normal attack damage. 35. Okay, it takes 35 piercing damage. And then the knife just... You actually made an attack at melee range, so yeah, right? Because like you were, you're right up there in, in battle. You didn't have to throw it. Oh, cool! So thirty-five plus thirty-seven damage. Thirty-seven piercing. Mm-hmm. And we are on to Hedrick's turn. You have Boris hiding behind you. How about how far away is the swirling cloud of spirits around Bronson? Uh, he's probably, I'd say, 30 to 35 feet away from you. And no, 30 this, feet away from you. This undead uh, construct doppelganger, doppelganger. Is like right next to you, pretty much. Right right next to me. Okay. Um, when it counts for... I just want to double check, because last time I leveled up, I got a high-level spell. And of course... The one that I chose has a gold cost to one of the components. So simply playing the music for Hedrick isn't going to cut it. 
Right. I mean, if there is a gold cost associated with it, then you have to have bought that reagent. You realize, of course, Hedrick hasn't made a, a single copper working with the hapless heroes so far, so... <laughs> I Maybe. mean, it's sort of a pool treasury that, you know, y'all know adventuring supplies and things. Yeah. I, I, maybe I was absent for those episodes, but I don't well, think... no one ever asked if they could buy anything, so, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. I feel like when I leveled up, I just never even considered the fact that I would have to buy something, but maybe I'll just wait till next session I'll have to choose a different spell or something, because I don't see a shopping in High Rock. <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> Out of curiosity, what spell is it that you were trying to cast? Force Cage. Okay. Seventh level costs 1,500 worth of ruby dust. We will have to subtract... Well, here's the thing, okay? Why don't we just subtract 1,500 from the collective hapless heroes loot pool here? Because I kind of want to see if this works. You took that spell. I would like for you to be able to use the spell you took when you leveled up. Okay. I'd like to um, know what the actual cumulative gold that we have is. <laughs> well, what if y'all were supposed to keeping track? I'm not keeping track. Lily carrying a god. What? What is gold anymore? <laughs> Somehow I have thirty-seven thousand gold pieces written down. But I don't That's know. Yeah, that, I that sounds about right, honestly. We have we have an insane amount of gold just all over the place, and so access to literally whatever we want. Um, that's going to be the number then, Quinn. So if you could just subtract 1,500 from that 37,000, that's uh, we're just going to consider that an operate operational expense for the hapless heroes. Would well, my I mean, like <clears throat> that's my individual account. Like, <laughs> right. like 1,500. As far as I know, that's individual. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Quinn's a really good saver. Uh-huh. <laughs> To be fair, it's an that that that's an operational expense the same way and at about the same gold cost as a night of drinking for the hapless heroes is at this point. And also that's this the last time you've checked. You know, there could be at this point royalties that have built up that are being waiting to be deposited to the to the keep treasury, you know, from all of the stories and things that, you know, have released from your individual lives. Yeah. Um so you know. flashback to two years ago, Mike's like Hey guys, I'll write it down. I'll keep track of the gold. <laughs> I just have my own. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Well, those who keep cool. track of the gold are the ones who determine yeah. what number we have. So there you go, Mike. 370,000. Oh. 37,000. <laughs> <laughs> nice try, though. I like where your head's at. Like, well, I mean, like if you sit, if you put it in the bank, right, there's interest. So... <laughs> We are in the middle of a fight, goddammit. <laughs> so that being said, Hedrick, yes, you may cast Force Cage. Uh, first thing he's going to do, he saw uh, Boris had a little bit of luck with her attack, and he's going to continue his um, inspiration for her, so she'll get another D10. Now, Boris, she's a riddle full of mystery. Pocket dimension on her chest that provides her every need. Bubble gum and daggers, defender of the free. She'll fight and spit and surely fit all in good company. Yeah. Poor Stan realized she was supposed to be hiding and ducked back down quickly. <laughs> <laughs> and Hedrick has not broken concentration. Uh, he is on that heat metal. Yeah. And he's, he's locking, so now he sees the staff gets dropped, he sees the spirits start swirling around Bronson, and he has the approximation. He knows he's touching the orb, so he's going to cast this. I'm not sure if you would count um, anything with the um, amplifier, whether that's just range, or whether it counts for the actual size of the spell I might cast, or if perhaps... It, it can, yes. Um, okay. So say if it was like a 15-foot cone, we're going to go ahead and make that a 30-foot cone. Because you have to use a charge to make it happen anyways, so... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's, it's a range of 100 feet, but it creates a 10-foot by 10-foot cube, solid box, or I can create a slightly larger 
bard so cage. Here's how I think I want to rule how your cool amplifier that we made up works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can either choose to double the range or double the area of effect. Okay, perfect. I would choose to um, sort of double the area of effect. So I'd like to make a, um, a 20 foot by 20 foot by 20 foot solid box. Okay. Centered on the orb. Okay. <clears throat> uh, does it just happen? Is there any saves that need to be made? Or? No saves. You start to hear Hedrick playing a riff you've never heard before. It's on the fat strings. He's playing the, the bass. What I got, I'm gonna get you, put you in it. What I got, you're gonna get, I'll put you in it. Spell slot seventh level, gonna spend it. Sure shot, yeah, no, you're gonna hate it. Put you in the box of wish, there's no escaping. Put them away, put them away, put them away now. Put them away, put them away, put them away now. Put them away, put them away, put them away now. In my force cage, you ain't gonna play now. I am so glad that I allowed this spell to be cast. (laughs) Because that is a moment that would not have happened otherwise. Oh, beautiful. Okay, uh, so tell me what happens. So what you have is a 20 foot by 20 foot by 20 foot solid box. And I'm going to say it's it's swirly, uh, glittery sort of um, that oil slick incandescent, you know, mirrored effect around this thing. And no magic can penetrate within or out of this box. You cannot escape by magical means unless you pass a saving throw. Okay. Um, Everything encompassed is trapped. Nothing may pass through or out of the solid box. If it, There's two different ways I can do this. A cage, which obviously allows things to go through, or a solid box. So even in that respect, I don't imagine we can see him anymore. So you legitimately just put Bronson in timeout? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the this just 20-foot cube, 20, you know, 20-foot, like, cubed cube. <laughs> so, um just appears there it is he's in jail now so i'll just continue if a creature a creature tries to use teleportation or interplanar travel to leave the cage it must first make a charisma saving throw on a success it can use that magic to exit the cage on a failure the creature can't exit the cage and waste the use of that spell it also extends to the ethereal plane blocking ethereal travel this spell cannot be dispelled by dispel magic now when you're saying that uh, so ethereal travel Repeat that line about ethereal travel again, because that's going to actually kind of be important here. This cage, or box in this case, also extends to the ethereal plane. Okay, okay, okay. So, so, but even if it was to... Oh, so, yeah, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, bonk, go to holy jail. Damn. How long does it last for? One hour. Okay. Okay, this is actually pretty... twiddling our thumbs for an hour. <laughs> this is pretty fantastic. Uh, no, I really like this. I really, really like this, because... Um, hold on. That's, I, I DM, gonna... that's DM speak for I fucking hate you. No, no, no. I absolutely love this. I just need to make sure that I know exactly what to do here. Okay. Uh, and he's going to say, uh, hey, Quinn. Can I, can I have about 1,500 gold pieces worth of ruby dust real quick? I just got to keep this going. Little busy here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, when you can. When you get to it. You know what? I'll just... Okay, it's fine. <laughs> and Hedrick will stay put, uh, offering Boris the much-needed cover. Okay, um, we're going to go ahead and go on to Jarrell, who is paralyzed still. Um, you would have to end your turn to make a saving throw to try to break out of this. Which is, I think, all you can do. Yeah, so if you can, you can make me a wisdom save and end your turn and see if you are able to break So break if magic spell. can't be cast through, is uh, that hold person that's on him, is that a concentration spell? And- it is concentration would they the cage that? How about I make a concentration check and we'll see. 
Um, very much, yes, it is still active. It was a 19 yeah. on the die. Okay, well, I got a 26, so I'm out. That, yep, you are now out. You are no longer paralyzed. Where? I can't move, can I? You can. Oh, no, you end your turn to make the save. So, yes, we're now moving on to Quinn. You still have a doppelganger Jarrell that is very much an active threat. Yeah. As it just Um, tried to attack you and dead. So, initially, I was actually going to try to unparalyze Jarrell, but since he is now up and walking around again, um, I am going to go ahead and make a uh, melee attack not as exciting as some of the other stuff going on, but it's something. I'm going to attack him with my rapier. Ooh. Uh, that doesn't do anything. 14, right? No, nothing. 14 is not going to do it. Yeah, no. I didn't think so. Okay. Um, I'm going to... I'm going to give Bardic Inspiration to Jarrell. Get off off your keister and let's get going. <laughs> Anything else? You're going to attack this You're going to attack this guy, so I think that's yeah. action uh, I'm bonus gonna, action. I'm not going to waste a, a, an action at this point for an action surge. Um, okay. So Bardic Inspiration, you have a, an extra D8, Jarrell. Nice. Okay. okay. Excellent. Uh, that's going to take us back to zero. Fantastic. All right. We are going to, uh, I guess we got to switch gears since um, since uh, Bronson's dome is about as accessible as the moon right now. We're just going to, you know, uh, you know, aim and tab target over to uh, to our uh, friend, the doppelganger uh, V2 here. Tab target. Yeah, I know. I'm super low effort like that. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, we haven't really zeroed in. Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> what the uh, what his AC is. So we're gonna start with uh, just regular non-sharpshooter attacks. Uh, first one. Let's see. Five plus thirteen is eighteen against AC. Does not. And you guys did zero in, but since you didn't, yeah, remember, we did. I'm not gonna tell you. It's twenty-three yeah. or twenty-four. Yeah, I. For some reason, I thought I had it written down, and apparently I don't. At least on the sheet of paper I have. So. Eh. I think it was twenty-three. That sounds about rightish, but anyway, uh, second attack coming in. Let's see, that is going to be a 12 on the die, so that's a 25 against AC. That'll do it. We know that'll do the job. Third attack coming in. Let's see, 10, so 23 against AC, just for confirmation. Match. Match. There we go. Okay, good. And now I've got that actually written down in the notes. So we're going to take our two hits. Let's see. D10 plus 6. That's uh, 16 on the first attack. And a 11 on the second attack. And so a grand total of 27. Yep. Doppelganger Jarrell not looking so hot once more, but still standing. All it, right. It just, it just shrieks some unholy, you know, vitriol at you from its glowing... Green skull. Green skull. skull. All right, and uh, Zero, not one to stay in one place if he's going to be doing the whole range thing. He's going to circle, um, let's say, clockwise kind of around the room. Sort of go half left side of the room from the entrance, about halfway between the front and the back of the room. So just sort of way over to the left if you were looking at it on that. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a couple doors to some small antechambers behind you you have your back to that wall all right well maybe that becomes fun the later but right now i want to focus on the chamber and not the anti-chamber mm-hmm. <laughs> all right that's uh that's what we're gonna call my turn then um can you hear through the force cage uh hedrick like is it possible to like i am re- i am reading uh at at further inspection one of the first descriptions is an immobile invisible cube-shaped prison composed of magical force springs into existence. So I chose the box. The fact that it's solid would lead me to believe it blocks magic and it blocks physical uh, things from passing through. So even sound. 
I, yeah, I would think sound travels physically. Perfect. So, nope, but, just need to make sure. But you can see it. You, you, can, you can see the spirits and the, the orb, like it's invisible. I thought it was, I thought it was opaque, it's not. Perfect. Well, you're going to see then that the spirits will dissipate and you'll see that Bronson has lifted his hand from the orb. And he just looks, and he walks right to the edge of the cage, right? Puts his hand on the force, right? And just kind of gives you like the finger wag, like Dikembe Mutombo. He's miming. Um, and I, what's the DC on the charisma save Baranza would need to make? 18. 18? Perfect. Plus 12 is, uh, we got a 21. Ooh. You see that, um, as he does that finger wag, right? He, he turns around and almost like with just the tip of his other finger on his, on his, uh, on his hand tears open like a sort of just just a a, 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 a rift in mid in midair pulls it open and all you can see inside of it is just like dark like shadowy like gloomy like almost like a purple and like black like just backdrop with all these like wisps of black smoke coming out from it and he just steps through and is gone. There was no distinguishing object or any recognizable. It was really just kind of smoky, swirly colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, and like wispy black smoke kind of pouring out from it. And as and, and as soon as he come, goes through the rift, literally just seals shut and then disappears. Okay. The doppelganger is still standing. And turns to uh, Hedrick, who so lovingly cast that force cage spell. Yeah. And with like just like uh, an evil cackle, raises the sword of justice over its head. Sorry, the sword of injustice <laughs> over its head. Is Hedrick within and five feet of me? I, I don't remember how far apart we all are. No, because you didn't have a chance to move. So. Um, he's not. However, Hedrick, he's going to make three attacks at you with the Sword of Injustice. Okay. Okay, the lowest I rolled is a 22 against AC. (laughs) Bring it on. (laughs) Oh, it's coming. Hedrick really thought about going invisible. <laughs> I'm surprised none of you are. <laughs> well, the last time he tried to go invisible, a bunch of confetti shot out of his hand, so he's probably a little reluctant. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we got... I'm just going to give you the, the grand total of everything. Okie dokie, I appreciate that. Forty-three slashing damage, and thirty cold damage. Hedrick <laughs> sees the attack coming, has no time to move except to get his loot out of the way. Sacrifices his body to save the loot. Okay. Yeah, he knew you took a wallop there. Still standing. Hashtag save the loot. Within, yeah, within uh, a breath of life, I would say. Oh shit. Like he he is not looking good. With with each cleave, you've never you've never seen him you've never seen him get hacked so easily. It's like through you know through through a cake. Uh, a, a delicately iced cake is now. <laughs> yeah. Oof. All right, Hedrick's not looking great. Hedrick, I would like for you to make me a concentration check. 
Force Cage is not a concentration spell. It's not. It's a seventh level spell. So those little details are what's making it I such gotcha. a high level. Yeah. So if anything, then the only concentration you've lost is if you were still concentrating on heat metal. Which I dropped. Yeah. So it's in any case, never mind. I'm just going to go ahead and forget this ever happened. Boris, it's your turn. Perfect. Boris is going to uh, use poor Hedrick as a launch pad here and grab the arm that's holding out the loot and fling herself into the air and once again attack with her dagger. Excuse me. Um, wait, never mind. Not even going to bother making you check for it because the lowest you can roll in acrobatics is a 23. So, yep, you do that. Yep. Huh. And I'm, I'm. Do I still have some form of advantage here? Within five feet. This is a sneaky leap into the air that I'm making here. (laughs) Um, We'll call it a surprising leap. Surprising leap. More of a personal yeeting than anything else. (laughs) And I roll a 26. Yup. That hits. I love doing this with real dice. 36. 36 piercing damage? Yes. Man, this thing is hanging on by a thread. <laughs> uh, anything else on your turn, Boris? You've kind of leapt over, and since you leapt over Hedrick and used him as a launch pad, you are now behind the doppelganger. I hide behind the doppelganger. I literally just like, okay, leap up and grab onto his back. Is that something I can do? I mean, yes, but I'm not going to say you're hiding. You're going to need to make a strength check. Not a dexterity check for this. eh? This is its strength check to see if you are able to grapple it. I'm not really trying to grapple it. I'm just trying to try to like hang on to it from the back so Hmm. it can't see. Uh, If one of my children is hanging from my back, they are not hidden from me. I am okay, now, aware of where they are. Is hanging from your back. Are they doing that with strength or dexterity? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter what's going to keep them hanging on. The fact of the matter is that their presence probably won't be a secret to me. Well, it matters for this role that keeps them hanging on, though. Um. Okay. I I'll say that you right. are. I'll say that you are on. However, yeah, you are not hidden. Okay. I feel like I should need to strength check to actually hold on, maybe, but I definitely it tries to first place. <laughs> yeah, if it tries to remove you from itself. So we're going to go ahead and move on to Hedrick's turn. Hedrick, you just uh, you just took uh, quite a few blows there. It's your chance to uh, give some payback. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> uh, he'll cast a vicious mockery. What do you say to it? Uh, well, he could go back to his uh, standard. He's got a standard for it. But no, he's just thinking, uh, we'll set you free, you doppelganger. Why can't you see? You're not supposed to be here. You don't want to face us. But you keep me hanging on. <laughs> All right. Uh, what kind of save does it have to make? <laughs> oh, wisdom save. Uh, no, I think an eight is not going to save. Nope. How much damage is it taking from your vicious insults? Um, 3d4. 4, 2, and 1. 7 psychic damage. It is very hurt by your insults, but remains standing by just a hair. And it'll have a disadvantage on On its next attack roll? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So Um, one of its three attacks will have disadvantage. And then bonus action. Uh, back to Boris. Back to Boris. Like, he realizes, you know, she leapt around the side of him. And now he's just gonna say, you go get him, girl. All right. 
Jarrell. How are you doing uh, out there? Jar- Jarrell is within striking distance of the... Um, you can be, yes. Okay. Um, Careful, I there forget- is a forest on its back. Right. Um, green flame blade is a cantrip, right? I can just use that. It doesn't that is, require a spell slot. Correct. Yeah, you use it right. in tandem with using a melee attack. So yes. Does it apply to both? What do you mean? If I do two attacks, does it apply to both? Um, I think it says your next weapon attack, right? What is it? It should, it should say in the um, description of green flame blade. I think it says make a melee attack uh, as part of, you know, as part of casting the spell. Yeah, but that's it. Like, do both attacks count? Well, you're making, you're casting the spell, which is your actual action instead of, instead of using your attack action. So you're actually just making one attack and turning it into a green flame blade. Oh, okay. I don't want to do that. I want want casting a spell. Okay. I see. I rarely use that, so I guess I haven't really focused on how that works. Um, the first attack will not do it with a 22. Ooh, just under. All right. And the second will, Are for sure. Th- okay. Are you mad at this thing? Like, like tell me what's happening. You connected. Um... I mean, just annoyed that it stood back up and replaced my handsome head <laughs> with its ugly green skull. Um, Since you did connect, this is now considered undead. Just, just, just so you know. So okay. So like, if you want, if, a- if you want to roll the damage, you can, or you could just describe to me how you slay it a second time. Um. <laughs> so I took its head off. And how, how did his hand come off? I forget about that. Uh, either way, just the hand literally jumped off. off of its body and ran away. Yes. This time I have him. <laughs> Please. Right. You have him. Okay. Uh, down the like top to the, top to bottom or side to side. No, in between, side to side. Okay. All right. And yep, it just falls over, and you can see that there's like this. There was definitely like organs and things inside. This was like some sort of creature, but it—they don't look human or half elf for that matter. When it comes to what their innards look like. Okay. Um, it's quiet in here again. Does that put us out of initiative? For now, yes. And did I survive that? Uh, yes. You were on his back, so him being... That's why I didn't do it straight down, because you would have been in the way at some point. <laughs> that's why I was asking. <laughs> um, yeah, you just fall to the ground as the, its top half just, like, slumps over. Feet pulled up really tight. Mm-hmm. Jarrell will immediately use Divine Sense again. Nothing. Okay. The hero oh. is going to aim uh, reason directly at that orb and just hold it there. Can we hit the if orb? Some- yeah. If someone wants to examine the orb, by all means, go ahead. But if it acts even the slightest bit awry, I am going to detonate it right in the middle of the room. Jarrell was Hedrick. going to hit it too, but I don't think he- <laughs> we can't get through the thing. Uh, the force, yeah, force cage is still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hedrick, Hedrick is is trying to stand from a knee, wiping the blood off of his loot, and he says, "No, oh, just hold on a minute. There's zero. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this thing lasts for an hour, and, and I don't I don't know uh, how to make it go away other than <laughs> natural. Just just <laughs> just let it run its course." <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere in the spell does it say you can end this spell yep. at any point. It it's does not say there. you can end it. It is there for it's an just hour. There. Yeah. So uh, may I suggest, if it's all right with y'all, we just take a breather. <laughs> G- give me a minute here to collect myself. Eva, have caught the vapors, and he'll slump back down. Uh, 
sitting now, um, just trying not to destroy his loot. He lays it down next to him, and he's going to start his uh, Song of Rest. Okay. Um, so y'all are taking a short rest then, I'm assuming. Horus attempts to scale the cube first. Um, it's smooth sides. You can't really, there's nothing to grab onto to scale it. She still spends two or three minutes attempting to scale it anyway. Fair enough. So you guys short rest, uh, but after about 30 minutes, the, you know, quiet calm that has returned to this room is interrupted by a frantic knocking at the door that you entered this, uh, this chamber from. And we'll find out what that knocking is next week on the Hapless Heroes podcast. It's a severed hand. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like us, you can find us on the internet. We are on such places as Twitter and Instagram at Hapless Heroes. Also on Facebook and Reddit, just search for Hapless Heroes Podcast. But those places really will just point you to what we consider to be the crown jewel of our internet presence, our Discord server, where you can meet and interact with us on a daily basis, hang out with all the cool kids and cats who listen to this show. Hell, you can even share pictures of your cats in our Discord server. We have a channel literally just for cats many other topics of discussion um, but if you really like us you can leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice or you can even just email us at haplessheroes at gmail.com and say some nice things to us and tell us what you think um, all those kind words really just kind of keep the wind in our sails and, and it really make us want to continue to make this awesome show for you speaking of kind words we actually had someone email us um a couple weeks ago and I just saw the email today uh, this one comes from Tim and he says you know greetings from southern Indiana his name is Tim and he's a new listen to our podcast he said he's never done anything or listened to D&D anything never done anything or listened to anything D&D related for this and was just listening to a random podcast where they did a mock D&D segment and was like huh maybe a real one would be fun to listen to and he tried several podcasts and then finally stumbled across us, the hapless heroes. And he's been hooked ever since and is on episode 42 right now. So whenever you make it here, bud, shout out. But he is a mail carrier that actually walks, you know, 13 miles a day and he's just binging all of our episodes. So we just want to say thank you, Tim, for keeping the mail flowing, especially this holiday season, as well as thank you for your patronage and your, you know, kind words to us. Also, I have to call out his hashtags, which are hashtag let hoblet smash and hashtag Fran is the best DM. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, Tim Fran probably, probably is. <laughs> I, I got no ego. I mean, you know, I'm pretty good DM, but yeah, if someone says Fran's the best DM, I, I mean, you know, worst case, it's a 50-50, but you're not wrong either way. We all work hard to make this show as excellent as it is. But thank you, Tim. But now, if you really, really like us, you can donate to our Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash heroes. Uh, we have a wild array of rewards at every donation level, whether it's just a shiny roll on our Discord server and a nice little message from us, to access to blooper reels and unreleased audio and other things of that nature, potentially future game nights when we host them again. So we did a couple over the summer. Um, just, you know, always trying to find ways to give back to all of you who've kept our show running. And in the coming weeks, you know, we'll actually be featuring one of our donors who donated at the $100 level uh, in an episode of our podcast or two. Uh, yeah, it's great. Check it out. See if it's worth your hard-earned dollars. I promise we will put them all back into this show to make it just even more awesome for you. And if you really, really love us, Sally Fields and the whole deal, everybody's there, all of the fields, and you just want a show this appreciation, this love. Well, we're animal lovers here on the show, and if you're an animal lover, uh, take to domesticating uh, whatever type of animal you choose, what you have around you, whatever's available, uh, that you feel safe training and being uh, a humanitarian in the way of you know, making sure these animals are well-trained, well-taken care of. So that could be anything. That could be birds, that could be uh, rodents of some kind. Certainly there's reptiles you could find. Uh, but you create this uh, sort of 
ecology around where you're located, wherever you may be listening to this, uh, make sure that it plays on loop while you take care of these animals and you can sort of sculpt their personalities, if you will, sort of adapt or associate what their behavior might match with one of our heroes. <laughs> and then release them into the wild and in the in the most uh you know i would say appropriate wilderness to release them into uh certainly we're not talking any sort of urban areas we want indigenous wetlands we want you know deciduous forests or uh what have you um and just know that nature too loves and respects the kindness <laughs> of the hapless heroes that's amazing. Wow, well done. And uh, also bonus points if you use some of the same animals you used for some of the previous If You Really Love Us of training animals <laughs> to do other things. <laughs> no, this is just for the animals' sake. Yeah. Rehabilitate them and then take them out into the wilderness and make sure exactly. they a healthy and happy life. So, uh, speaking of spiritual rehabilitation, let's go ahead and outro this cast so y'all can get back to your daily lives. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start from my virtual right now with John as Lauren Jarrell the Light. That. Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. If the spires are rocking, don't come a knocking. Nicole as Boris the Butcher. Climb the stupid cube. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. I didn't realize I was home. Why is there a doorbell? And Dave as Zero, Valence Avatar 4. While we short rested, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping. Is someone gently rapping, rapping at the chamber door? Tis some jabroni, I muttered, tapping at the chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Lenore! And I'm Francesco. I've been your host and DM. We will see you next week. We love you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.